afternoon, everyone. It's the office hours before the office hours, and I'm with my double mic on the mic here on office hours, Mikey Diamond and Michael Unbroken. Michael Unbroken, I'm going to start with you, my friend. Welcome to office hours. Where are you? I'm in the beautiful, chilly Buenos Aires. Still in Buenos Aires. All right. Very cool. So, number one, are you high? No. <laughs> yeah, I played the oh, fifth. One, two, three, four, fifth. Okay. All right, that's fine. Okay, more importantly, you have been on a journey. And, you know, I was talking to my wife about uh, the life that I leave and having, for the second time, uh, any option, opportunity, or type of career that I want. You know, I'm traveling all around, meeting extraordinary people, helping extraordinary people. And now I get to film my TV show with you guys uh, tomorrow and Friday. And then I go to Chicago, Wisconsin, London, Portugal, Madrid, and Malta. I'll be back next Friday at noon. Um, and I, I can do all that and make money doing it and help people doing it. Um, but you're a little different, man. Like it, it took a lot of courage to go on this trip and leave everyone and everything behind on truly more of an enlightenment journey. And, you know, if you're in the journey now, uh, what's the temperature, the feeling, uh, have you made the best decision of your life? Uh, I wouldn't say the best decision of my life, but a necessary decision. And I, okay. I think so much of my life and my journey has just been asking the question about what does it take? And I'm willing to cross any cavern or, or any ocean or any airplane uh, TSA terminal to do it. And to be honest with you, it, it's this will always be a part of who I am. I'm always like, I'm a vagabond. I'm a journeyman. I, I'm a person who wants to explore the possibilities and capabilities of, of my mind. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's just what else can I learn about myself? Yeah, your entire universe, your mind. So we have Sean Kaplan in the wings. I just had to get that out of the way before he got there. He's in a professional studio looking feasible under a cross-country mortgage out of Nashville, Tennessee, SeanKaplan.com. Welcome to Office Hours with my double mic. What is up, Dave? How are you? Good to see you, Mike okay. and Michael. I, I am so great. You know, uh, talk about growth and coaching. There's probably no better industry today to help people with the mindset, heart set, and hand set on how to be passionate, purposeful, profitable, how to live within your own section, like uh, my friend Michael Unbroken is in Buenos Aires right now. Uh, you're doing it in, you know, the modern lender and, you know, the hits just keep on coming for the modern lender. Not that they were anticipated, but what are some of the things that you're using, maybe aligned with what Michael Unbroken is in the mindset side of things, when obviously it's more challenging at its fist to be a modern lender? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a pretty brutal space right now. Our our industry is going through a uh, an identity cliff crisis. You know, you've got guys who were big big producers. You know, in the last five ten years, and did these big crazy numbers, and they're finding out like, oh, what got them here is not going to get them there. They don't have a brand. They don't have a story. They're not utilizing you know technology and digital and social. And I think the biggest thing, Dave, that you know we're we're, we're, we're seeing, and what I'm really passionate about is nobody cares about your listing and your closing and they care about you as a person. And where did you grow up and what's your story with your family? And, 
Um, so that's what we're really passionate about right now is we're taking the traditional methods of a loan officer and at growth only we're unlocking people's story and who they are as a person and helping to use digital, social, and modern day techniques to get out there. And I know you and me are good friends with our mutual friend, Mr. Neil Dingra and Neil's yes, just been sir. a blessing in my life to, because he, I met Neil at a point that I was really low in my career. And I was like, really, Sean, after 20 years, is this, is this it? And I was losing the fire and I met Neil and I was like, this is how I can reach people. Like this is, this is how I'm going to change the industry. So yeah, that's what's going on with us right now, for sure. In our industry, it's not fun. I'm, I'm an honorary ingress. So, you know, I just spoke Ryan Serhan and I last week up in San Francisco at our Zooms event. Uh, he has a community of people, just a fantastic group, uh, but they gave me an honorary Dingra distinction. So just call me David Dingra. David Dingra. All right. All right. And you know, uh, my very good friend, Nick Cavuto, um, who you know, um, we just launched our Hope, our Hope Dealer podcast yesterday. And um, so we, uh, we got it on iTunes and Spotify. And um, I think we're up to like number 24 in uh the entrepreneur space so nice. that's been a cool project that is, awesome, man. that is wonderful well we'll have to be a part of it you got three good guests waiting in the wings right here david dingra mike diamond and michael unbroken when he gets back from buenos aires and sobers up mike diamond what do you got for me sean do you think it ever ends like i was the other morning um i deal with pretty heavy stuff and like i dealing with someone that after a, a relapse killed themselves and I'm ha helping the family get through it. And, you know, I got up and my body was sore and I always do the next right thing to work through the soreness. And I thought to myself, wait, I'm always sore. <laughs> if I wasn't sore, I wouldn't work. So, you know, you're talking about the industry. Don't you think you always take the hits? You've just got really good at, at living in the adversity. And most people are expecting it to feel different, but it doesn't. It's the work. So do you think yeah. if it wasn't this grind, you wouldn't do it? You know what I mean? It's like a catch-22. You're good because you know how to sit in it. You know what I mean? It's that conundrum. We just deal with it. Don't you think that's the truth when you really sit down with it? It's, it's always been tough. It's always yeah. changing. You're in a tough industry. Yeah, I think that's why I tell folks, like, unless you got some sort of jacked up story, you were in the military, you were a professional athlete, you probably won't make it in this industry, you know, and <laughs> I, this is why, this is why I like it because I treat it, I treat it like I'm a pro athlete. Like I'd literally trained for my industry. Like I'm a pro athlete because I was so crappy at sports and, you know, not having a father growing up, you know, I told the guys, Dave, you know, my father took his own life when I was six years old and jumped off the Verrazano bridge in New York. And, you know, dude, like I had people in school, like kids would bully me. Like kids would tell me like, Hey, if you would have killed yourself, maybe your dad wouldn't have killed himself. And so like when I found out that work in a profession and a vocation would be a place I could excel and leave people in the dust, I was like, well, I'm going to treat this like I'm a pro. So I remember my first mortgage job. I showed up, I was so broke. I had 10 cheeseburgers in the refrigerator because I go on 10 cent Monday and that's what I would eat all week. And I'd go to Goodwill and get a Goodwill suit. And like, I would just, I'd not, I'd dress to the nines. I'd have the cufflinks that and nobody would know. And they'd be like, man, you look so nice. But Mike, I 
I, I go, I've always been addicted to that in a weird twisted way. And I think that's why, and people need to understand that, you know, scars are formed for a reason. And these are the moments that you're creating those scars. I've been coaching a lot of guys and saying, Hey, this is going to be the moment in 10 years. You're going to tell people, I remember 2023, I had a hundred bucks in the bank account. Right. So yeah, I just, I think people need to understand that a little bit more. And that's uh, faith and hope is something that's really, really lacking in our industry. Sean, I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I believe that the one thing that keeps a man alive in the desert is hope. And I also think that the other part of that is resiliency. You know, the, we happen to be with four amazing human beings. I'm including myself in what I'm saying who by all shapes and strokes of the imagination should not be here. You know what I mean? And we live in a very victim-minded mindset community society right now in which people are always passing the buck, always blaming other people. What is it that you think that people need to not only learn but execute against in light of all of the problems and victimizations of their life? I think you have to have a daily exercise that keeps you in the vein of gratitude, faith, you know, that it's going to work out, that I'm going to do the next best thing. I think what I see the most is like, I will ask people one question I like to ask is what does your morning look like? And like my heart breaks because I used to be this guy, but what most people say, I say, I bet you open up your eyes, maybe hit the snooze button a few times, roll over, open up that phone and start doom scrolling. <laughs> and you're looking and that's what you're programming your day. Wow, he's in great shape. They went on a great vacation. Look how cute their kids are. I'm a piece of shit. And that's how you start your day. Every day. And I'm like, no wonder why. And so I think as you know, just people have to get control of their life and and like take some good choices. I talked to a guy yesterday I was coaching him and he's like, "Man, I'll just tell you, you know, honestly like I've just got a problem." He goes, "It's an addiction. I'd be better off being addicted to porn, but I'm not. I'm addicted to the news." And I said, you know what, Chip? I said, I could tell you, I can smell and see and uh, hear the, the Fox News all over you. And I, I know this because I used to like Fox News and I would scroll every day and found out how negative I was. I was turning to my grandfather and I said, this is the problem, man. I said, let's turn it around. Let's turn it around. And he texted me this morning. I said, text me this morning, 10 gratitudes. And I want you to encourage five people and send me the text. And he did. And he right. was like, Hey, it's a good day. So yeah, just simple. So my life changed. That's, I love you that, know, man. Me too. You know, it's funny because life changed when I started praying in the morning, you know, I've always said thank you at night and thank you in the morning, but my prayer was simple. You know, may God put 10 people in front of me that I can help and may put 10 people in front of me that can help me, which was a later addition. Uh, and that simple prayer has led me to have the faith, the protection and promotion of omniscient, all-powerful uh, protection and promotion propelling me with a lot of pain. I mean, I had a season, if I listed out uh, my wife, I said, if I listed out what was going on in my life in September, uh, most people right, may have considered killing themselves. And yet my basement during that season was probably higher than most people's penthouses because every morning I was protected and promoted, whether goggles died my wife crashed the car my family member got sick and arrested and you know the list went on on and on the hits just kept on coming one of those months but it was the faith uh really well your podcast obviously 
is uh, projecting those wisdom. And, and I know Nick Cavuto really well. So I will, you know, as much as we're going to send them to the growth only coaching platform that you've created, give us a little bit of uh, where we can download the name again. If you don't know Nick Cavuto, look him up. If you don't know Sean Kaplan, look him up, seankaplan.com or at the Sean Kaplan. But uh, give us some background on the, on the podcast real quick so people can join you. So I, um, I lived on an RV for six months while we were building our dream home. Uh, we drew out our dream home and I had it up on the wall here. It's still there, the blueprints for nine years and just stared at it. And then about two years ago, my wife said, let's build it. And I was like, okay. She's like, you know, I've been praying about it. I think now's the time. And I said, let's do it. Well, we were like, all right, well, we need to put our house on the market. And this is when the real estate market was crazy. Well, the house sold in three days. We had multiple offers over cash, no appraisals, all that crazy stuff. And I said, well, what do we do now? She goes, well, why don't we move in the RV? And I was like, are you sure? She goes, yeah. And she goes, it'll only be another month or two. Well, the house was <laughs> delayed by six months. So we ended up living in that RV for six months with two kids and two dogs. And I learned so much about myself. I knew the world was watching. So it held me accountable to have a positive attitude around it. But the more the story is, Dave, I was getting ready to sell it after we moved in our new home. And I saw Fleischman started his 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 podcast. And I was like, well, that's a pretty nice RV, Fleischman. But my RV is a quarter of a million dollars, diesel, 37 foot. I was like, we're going to turn it into a podcast. Dude. My wife said, no, you're not. I said, honey, it'll be a tax write off. I got it all figured out. And then God put Cavuto in my life and we just hit it off. We bonded and we were like, what about if we start telling stories of hope? and coming through adversity and get people on there. So it's www.dealsomehope.com. You can uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. And we're having people on there that have overcome amazing things and succeeded in life, like Michael Chandler. Um, and then we've had people like Jonathan Fields that came in last week and served five years in prison and had to say goodbye to his kids the night before he checked in and was on meth and lost everything. And now he owns a multi-million dollar business. And that's the stuff, Mike, that I want to talk about. Like the successes are great, but man, when you were in the trenches, dude, and things got really bad, like how did you keep that hope? What was it when that, when that door shut on that cell, you know? So yeah, www.dealsomehope.com. I would love if you guys would support us. Oh, absolutely. You got it, we'll all come on that podcast too. You tell Nick, just give us a call. We'd be happy to support you. Thank you, Sean Kaplan. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank you all. Take care. You got it. That was awesome. He was on last week or something, the week before when you when we missed you, right, Dave? Oh, uh, he was on? Nick? I think, wasn't he on? I, I think I, maybe I'm just, yeah. maybe, I, maybe he dripped his ayahuasca on me because I, I, I think we've interviewed him before. <laughs> we have. Maybe. He's an amazing human. He's been we on. Have, right? We have, right? Yes. Yeah, there you yes, go. Mike. I'm, I'm not snotting I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm going to intervention you, Mike. Stop doing drugs. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I was like, I've All right. we got, we got Kirk. Before. We got Kirk in the wings. He's CEO of Foresight, CFO, CFO and author out of DC, com. Welcome to the playbook, my friend. Yeah, you know, David, I've been listening to you for so long. I'm really glad to be here. I'm, a, a, you know, so I'm just jumping in, see where you want to take well, it. We, we have, we, you know, we have to bring in somebody credible on Wednesdays because you can imagine what it's like. It's one thing to hang out with Blaine Bartlett, you know, on, on Thursdays and, you know, our Friday crew is pretty credible. We got a bunch of lawyers and, you know, with these two guys, 
to bring some credible people. And your book, I think, really hits home with credibility, the growth CFO void. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's nice to have a pragmatic tool, a guide uh, that shows us and illustrates that we limit ourselves by our self-image. And a lot of your book deals with self-image of mindset, heart set, and handset that truly is the obstacle or void from achieving what we want or better. Um, does this uh, book, this guide, is it from your own personal experience of holding yourself back? It, it, it is. And, and, and among the things that I learned from it is that um, I, I, had, I had guides at different stages of my life, even now. And I, I learned probably in my late 40s, I learned the hard way when things really got painful that I can't do it alone. Right, and needed to tap into other people's expertise, and um, really painful. Like business is stalled, not getting along with my wife. Uh, my my sons are doing well. They're both um, military officers. They're out doing things. So I'm, thank God that they're they're okay. But um, yeah, so so that, that's exactly what it is. I love it. Incredible background. I mean, you know, you served in the army as a behavioral scientist got an MBA in, in different places, but I have a question. So when you said you can't do it alone, it's really difficult uh, nowadays for people to find good people because there's a lot of people out there that claim to be experts. You are obviously an expert, right? And Dave and, and Mike, Michael, they're experts and I, I work in, as a, an addiction specialist. But what's the first thing you would tell someone if they're looking for a mentor or looking for an expert in a field when they're reaching out because it, it's it's hard nowadays because there's so much misinformation yeah you know you know mike i, I think the main thing is um we'll, we'll talk about some things you can do but the first thing is is it's okay to make a mistake like maybe i, I talked to a couple different coaches and i think wow this guy henry man he's the guy for me let me let me jump in with him and then a couple months into it turns out not to be the right fit it's okay I probably I probably learned a few things along the way. There's probably a peer group somewhere in there. I got some real benefits. It's just not a hundred percent. So so what's wrong with uh, going back out to to the well and and seeing you know now now I'm sure at that point that a person would know more you know at that future point in their life and that they can make the next best decision based on you know what what they can reasonably know. Um, so so I'd go with that approach versus um, trying to be you know, um, you know, trying to get the perfect answer, trying to get the, I see, I see when people try to get the perfect answer, the right answer, you will never have that. You, you can get close. You can mitigate your risk. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I like to see, I, I like to see it, but at some point go to the ledge. Yeah. And jump. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm a big proponent of that, Kirk. I think it's the only thing that's brought me to this point in my life. Uh, I'm curious, you know, you always hear success leaves clues. And so I'm wondering as someone who's studied human behavior or something that I'm fascinated by, what are, what are the cornerstones to both success and failure for people in these entrepreneur business roles, CFO roles, yeah. CFO roles? Okay, I'm going to go with success where it's um, the more we know that future vivid vision of ourselves, you know, that destination, you know, what, what is it? Who am I with? What are we doing? How are we impacting people? The more we know that future vision, what we're going to, that, that, that helps a lot of decisions start to become more black and white because, it, um, 
you got this guiding light to, to evaluate things with. So I, I think when, when people have a real sense of destiny, a real sense of purpose, that that's, that's, um, that's going to pull them through all the resistance, right? You know how it goes, obscurity, resistance, and then acceptance kind of thing. So, so having that is, is, um, is something. Um, and and may, maybe the, the opposite is when people really, you know, stay in a dark place of despair where if they're working in isolation, a lot of see, I started, you know, roughly 30 years building businesses, built and sold one in high school, went to college, didn't like college. And that's why I joined the army because I, you know, wasn't hands-on enough. And, um, an army was plenty hands-on enough. Right. Um, and over like 30 years of working with lots of different business owners, I started to notice the difference between those who like had a coach, had a peer group, had an advisory board. I mean, they, they were, they were something to talk to. I mean, every time I talked to one of those guys or gals, I, 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 I get, wow. Like just, I'd never thought of the world that way. And, um, and the reverse is true. A lot, I think like over the years, up, up until recently, most business owners work in isolation. They, it's all self-made man, that, that kind of thing. And they, they, they don't have peer groups. They might have networking groups, but they don't have peer groups where there's a real vulnerability to really open up about what's going on. And I, I started over, I remember uh, Richard Rossi, I asked him, you know, spending a good amount of money on coaching, strategic coach. And I, I asked him, you know, I was a finance guy. What, hey, what's this? What's this big expense? And it wasn't, it wasn't that big, but it was, it was significant. And, and, um, and, and he described to me what it was. And, and my, my response back then was, uh, are we trying to build a business or live a country club lifestyle? I didn't, I didn't, didn't get it. Then years later, decades later, I started to, oh, and I started noticing difference, you know, business owners who get, who have that versus those working in isolation and, you know, fewer options, making the wrong, you know, you, you want to make the right, you want to know, know your options, then make the right decision at the right time and be able to follow through. Um, the, the, the business owners that are more connected. They, they were, they were doing that. So that's kind of the, the night and day. But I learned late in life. I'm 53 now. I learned my, my mid 40s. I started really, oh, collaboration. You, you understand, okay, I understand collaboration. I collaborate with people. I don't work in isolation. Then you find out, or I find out a few clicks later, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, I, or I did. Yeah, number one, thank you for your service. And, you know, with the last, like McLaren, and we're here in Las Vegas filming our show in the next few days in F1 here. And obviously, teamwork is a big and essential part of F1 and in racing in general. It's uh, most people may or may not know it's one of the greatest team sports out there. Um, and to be a true team member is something that is aligned with your core values. And a lot of people don't take into consideration the individual responsibility of being a true team member. One of the areas that you help people with is to take that type of accountability as you have by serving our country in the Gulf War, where are the, some of the comparisons of not understanding teamwork and collaboration, but there is an individuality of accountability within a true team member? Yeah, there, it, you know, it's funny because I have the, um, the military, building businesses for 30 years, three years in the military, and then I teach at Georgetown, you know, the same topic. And it's, um, the military really influenced how I think about, you know, growth CFO work. So re reinvented CFOs 
from CFOs to growth CFOs. Most, most of us business owners do not want to talk to the finance person. They, they, they talk a language. I kind of know it's English, but I don't know what they're saying. And they tell me no instead of, instead of helping me figure out, um, you know, how the kind of thing and do it in a way that's, uh, that's productive, right? And so um, with, with the military influence, the, the way we come to it, it's not an individual CFO. We, first of all, we, we train CFOs to go from CFOs to growth CFOs, different, different mindset, different skill. And then they don't work in isolation like a traditional CFO. They work on a three-person team, right? And it, it's very clear what are, what are the ob objectives, both multiple years and now. And then in 90-day sprints, what do we, what do, what's the one priority that we do to, to get a certain outcome? And it, it's measurable. And with us, including the financial outcomes, more, more profit, household income, more valuable business. So you, you start to see the military influence. Wow, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, this very, uh, you know, this team, each, each person being a specialist, but they integrate into one effective outcome. It's just, a, um, it's different than what I did when I was a full-time CFO. And um, so it's so it's pretty pretty unique. Um, and then the the, be, the behavioral stuff. I mean, it, it's to me it's all, yeah yeah okay we're we're a growth CFO company, but really it's about people. You know, like like yeah. to the CEO business owner. You know, what's that outcome you want? Then then why? What's your motivation to get there? And is it is it something significant? Because if it's not, if the CEO business owner doesn't have a significant motivation. The minute we solve the pain point, like like cash crunch for payroll, the minute we solve that, there's going to be a lot less follow through, a lot less motivation to, to do the next thing that's necessary to get to that outcome. But if you have a real strong why, like like some of the things you guys are talking about, about doing something, you know, that second mountain, doing something meaningful in life, having a purpose, oh yeah, we're going to follow through. And if something goes sideways, we'll see it. But we got we put the instruments in place so we can see it early and proactively take the next step. And that that's um, not only is it purpose, I mean, that's, um, that's fun. Yeah, well, as a CEO who got caught up in interfering with the numbers, the tedious numbers, the confusing numbers, the intimidating numbers, and what seemed to be the disconnection between me and our growth CFO, uh, if you're having the rationalization, you got to buy the book, The Growth CFO Void, the guide to what's holding you back from becoming a top 2% CEO side by side with your CFO and others, uh, Kirk McLaren, check him out, CEO of Foresight, CFO. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, nice to meet you all. And David, good, good to talk to you. So good to talk to you. you well. Thank you for all your support. Yep. Well. Thank you. Awesome. All right, my brothers, uh, we got a couple of seconds before Jeff joined us, hopefully. Uh, and, you know, I got, I got to Mike's uh, like unbroken vision of, you know, mindset. And I study right now forgiveness in the context of mindset. And Mike, you just uh, shared an experience with someone who took a life after a relapse. And I've had, unfortunately, many friends who have relapsed and uh, taken their life or, you know, viral to a trajectory, um, you know, that's painful. Let's just put it that way. Um, I'm studying forgiveness, the better I can articulate forgiveness in the context of mindset, uh, it heals so many different wounds. Um, how does forgiveness interplay with what you're doing to save lives? <laughs> it's the most important thing. <laughs> it's the, like, it, I, I can't stay sober if I don't forgive people 
from the past. And you know what really hit me the other day? I was uh, I was I was listening to some Epictetus, right? And I thought to him, and I never knew that he got thrown out of where he was in Italy. And he didn't write anything down. It's his students that wrote everything down. I'm like, wait, this is the guy that got banished and he has all these great things, right? And he forgave everyone and said all these beautiful things and he was a slave. And I'm like, oh my God, like this guy was a slave and he was so compassionate and forgiving. So if I can't let go of those things, and I can't stay present and know that if I have a choice now, right? I have a choice. I can set boundaries and I didn't have a choice back then. So I have to forgive people that didn't do the work. Right. And I have to now stay present and say, okay, I've got to do the work. It, some of it sucks. I'll be honest. Sometimes I get triggered and it sucks. I want to lash out and say crazy shit, but I don't. So I'm like, I stay present. I regulate and I let it go. So if I can't forgive people that have harmed me and if I can't let go, I'm done, man. I'll, I'll move it all to real quick. And I, and I will, even if, and the worst thing is this, Dave, I know the right way. I'm kind of compassionate. I'm not going to drink and do drugs, but that doesn't mean I won't chase someone six, you know, exits down the LA, you know, freeway and punch him in the face. I've still got to watch my attitude. Let's be honest. I'm still a honey badger. You know, so it's so forgiveness is the most important. Honey thing. badger don't play we, that. I love no that. honey badger don't care. <laughs> exactly, don't care. You know what I mean? Forgive. Don't care. Forget right. I can't yeah. be the honey badger. <laughs> I got to be kind. So forgiveness is. The- Forgive. Oh, that happened yeah. to me at three thirty last show, but you got on faster than me. So, uh, in in to that end, uh, we had some great guests today. Um, What's your takeaway of the day, Michael? Unbroken. Um, yeah, we did. It, one of the things that I I love that uh, that Kirk said is it's about people. And early on in my entrepreneurship journey, when I go back fourteen years, I would be on the couch working before I like knew what it meant to actually run a business. I'd be on the couch working, like watching Shark Tank, and being like, "Oh yeah, I'm like learning." And then I realized it was when I was in rooms and spaces with people like you guys, where I was like, oh, no, no, this is what it's about. Like, how do you go learn from the people who are masterful? And it's not just the people in the support roles, but I know like for sure I can pick up my phone and be like, hey, Mike, hey, David, I need help. Right. And you guys will be there for me in the same way that I would be there for you. And And if anything that Kirk said that I hope people take away from this today is recognizing that your people are a more valuable asset than your bank account. That's right. Yeah. How about Mike, your your, your takeaway, Mr. B? You know what? My my thing, I love what he said about story. And to me, um, if you've got a compelling story and you've gone through, you know, you've been in the mud, uh, then and you are purpose driven, that mud can turn into a masterpiece and surround yourself with the right people and the right community and just be willing to stay in the process and have faith. And it it actually, in the end, it it looks horrible when you're in the mud, but trust me, you get unstuck, you get around the right people and things become beautiful. It's a great story in the end. Yeah, it's interesting because I think 
free will is misinterpreted by so many people. And when I look at our guests today and look at you two, uh, there's a different perspective I have on free will, uh, one of less judgment. And a lot of people, when people act upon their own free will, they are stuck in judgment and condition uh, and they separate themselves from actually their will uh, and they allow themselves to diminish their capacity uh, by not being consistent, persistent, you know, whether it was Sean in his business and living in a motorhome and making a decision with two dogs, two kids, and then, you know, making it in the studio or whether it was Kirk who, you know, quit college uh, to go into the army and then comes back and obviously intends and graduates from some of the finest institutions. And yet in different periods of judgment, people probably would have laughed off and made fun of each of them. Uh, but it is our own journey, our own free will, our own participating in that person that determines our outcomes are better. And both of you are helping to facilitate not only your own outcomes, but other people's outcomes as well. I enjoy my Wednesdays more than anything. I just have to tell you that <laughs> just hundreds of episodes later, it just gets better and better. Uh, hopefully, say, Michael, I'm broken. I'm, I'm actually living at your house. Uh, I'm squatting there. You don't know it. Uh, you haven't been home long enough. So I have a whole nother life. Uh, I have a separate family. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I have this amazing Las Vegas life going on. Yeah, there, there's a there's a stat, David, that apparently like three percent of all men have that in real life. So yeah, I'm just wondering where you fall in on that statistic. <laughs> yeah. With social videos. media, he's too popular. He get busted in two seconds. No, well, like why trade? Why trade? Why trade one problem in for two? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Math. Math is a is a is a real thing as we're learning. But no, yeah, right. I'm black. I would you know would never ever want to take that on as I as you know adore my family. But I am living in your house. <laughs> Just fill up the tank, all right. Thank thank you for it. your sponsorship, the office hours. It's Very it's good. the Airbnb. The Airbnb. Everyone's staying in the Airbnb. I just broke into Michael and Broken's yeah. house. Like, now they call him Michael. You're like this is weird. Exactly. It's it's a uh, it's Michael broken in now that unbroken. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. All right, we'll go to bed, Michael. Unbroken, Michael Diamond. I'll see you on Friday here. In see you Friday, buddy. See you soon, Come guys. Join us in Vegas if you're by the wind. Right by Tableau in the buffet. We're always here. Thank you, everyone. You have somehow missed my free book or guys or exercises. If you want to hook up with the two Michaels or I, email me, david at dmelter.com, david at dmelter.com. Join our text community. We have so much going on. I'm going to be in Chicago, Wisconsin, London, Portugal, Madrid, and Malta between now and next Friday. So that's the 17th. So if you want to meet up with me, you want a VIP dinner, you want to come to a meetup, email me. We got extra tickets to Web Summit. I got extra tickets to Sigma. Come meet Malta. Come meet me in Portugal. Come meet me in London, Madrid, Wisconsin. I don't care. Just come meet me anywhere. That's right. David at dmelter.com. Remember, most importantly, no matter where you are and what you're doing, be more interested than interesting. Be kind to your future self and do good. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.